0: Hello, welcome back. The 831 podcast, episode 35. Thank you very much for joining me. Um, thank you very much for your feedback on the last few. Everyone seems to be enjoying them. We've, had, we've been, had some brilliant guests, so I'm over the moon with that. I've even started to get some suggestions coming in for, for other people to have on as guests, so please keep them coming. I will look at all of them, make contact with people, that sort of thing. So, yeah, it'd be great to have as many on as possible. As always, very little housekeeping. We're rushing through these at the moment. So yeah, I will just say sponsors wise, uh Trojan Nutrition, Trojan Fitness, Long Term Sponsors, The Cloud Seller Limited, A3 Academy Bristol where I teach and train, Sweatbox Gym where I teach and train. Pedro Bash the BJJ uh, is my jiu-jitsu. I do all my jiu jitsu with Pedro. So yeah, if you're interested in sponsoring the podcast, let me know. We'll take any ideas for sponsors, so don't think, oh, it's not really for the right scene. We know, we'll take whatever you have, so give us a shout, and let us know if you need something promoted, and we'll see what we can do. Otherwise, yeah, if you know anybody else who would be a good guest, let me know. Episode 35, though, today I was joined by Kate Jackson. Kate is a Bellator MMA fighter. She has fought all over the world. I've known her for years now, seen all of her career develop. She's a good friend of mine someone I enjoy talking to, and she doesn't really like doing interviews and stuff, but she came on, and I don't know why, she's a pleasure to talk to, so I think you're going to absolutely enjoy this one. We discuss her recent title fight on Bellator, we discuss her time in The Ultimate Fighter, we discuss uh, this weekend's UFC, so yeah, I think you really like this one, it's got something for everything, so tune in, I'm going to crack on and let you get on with this one, and hopefully we'll keep pushing these out now, and you'll enjoy them. And we'll see you soon. Kate, okay, thank you very much for joining me.
1: No worries, glad to be
0: here. <laughs> um, how's things? What have you been up to during the uh, the lockdown?
1: Um really really bored pretty much like um, <laughs> everyone else that um suddenly hasn't got a job to go to i think um trying to work out as much as i can but yeah it's like suddenly gone from coaching and training sort of seven days a week to um very much not
0: <laughs> well um so you're you're full-time now full-time training full-time coaching that's your that's your full-time career is mma based stuff yeah
1: Yeah, yeah, it's um, probably last coming up to four years now, I think, um, which is really cool, and I'm really grateful for it. But um, yeah, it's just it's it has a shelf life, and I'm losing (laughs) a chunk of that time, which is a bit frustrating.
0: How long have uh, so four years? What were you doing before that? When you so let's go back when you started what. What were you doing when you started MMA and what did that lead into work-wise and then subsequently now you're obviously full-time?
1: Um, I think probably uh, I was at UE um, in Bristol um, and I was training uh, a bit there and then when I came home again, um, I'd been managing a restaurant, or I was managing a restaurant in my hometown, Um probably, I think it was from the year I had my first pro fight, so um, I did that for about six years, um, and then uh, I went full time, um, but at the same time as the ultimate fighter, so um, okay. yeah, that was, um, that wasn't something I thought, well, you know what the early days of the sport were like, um yeah. didn't really <laughs> It really
0: possible yeah well especially for for women like you know like for women it certainly wouldn't have seemed possible to be full time when you were struggling to even fight people who haven't even either fought already or you're training with yeah definitely um, yeah when
1: I first started um I think women coaching was pretty much unheard of um so that in particular, I think the, the fact that I can do that, um, and that it's not a big deal nowadays at all, um, yeah. That in particular, to me, is um, it, it's, it's something I, I love coaching. It's something I really enjoy doing. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that's a possibility.
0: Yeah, and you. I mean, people may not know, but you you've been fighting a long time for, especially for a for a female. <laughs> you know, for a female. You what 2008 or nine or something? was it your debut?
1: Yeah, 2009, so, um, so about,
0: yeah, 11 years ago this month. Um, yeah, that's a long time for, for a UK female fighter. That is a really long time. There was a couple of girls who, Sheree, I think, was before you, maybe. Um, a couple, but certainly no one who, I would say, has got to the level that you are or has been as, as credible as you are from, from early on, you know?
1: No, I think there are, I mean, obviously there are women coming through now that will go a very long way, Yeah. Um, but yeah, from when I started, I think pretty much everyone's finished now. Um, It's pretty much stubbornness on my part, I think. Yeah, I enjoy it. Um, I enjoy training, um, you know, more than fighting, I think, um, and the coaching side of it, so I, I don't think whilst I might like, finish in May,
0: eventually, um, I think Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu will keep going for a long time. Yeah, so what's your, uh, at the moment, what's your sort of training regime spread across, so if you're out of fight camp, um, what's your sort of training regime, what are you doing on a daily basis out of fight camp?
1: Uh, during lockdown or outside of it? No,
0: no, outside of <laughs> lockdown. Right now, I guess it's just, maybe some <laughs> resistance fans, some sprawls in the back garden and you're done. <laughs>
1: uh, um, <laughs> I guess I let's see. I do probably two or three sessions a day. Um, coach, I think I'm up to four, four days a week. Um, and yeah, sort of have a half day uh, Saturday and Sunday. Um, and the rest of the time, it's sort of, you know, um, it's starting with morning sessions and then I'm essentially off in the evening.
0: Yeah, and then so if you're in if you get a fight organized then, do you change things up or do you just try and make more of the times that you're coaching a bit more specific to you and try and get people to feed into that style of training, say in a class? Are you trying to nick nick some training out of the class that you're teaching as well, or are you just trying to just keep them separate? Um I mean I'm kind of
1: terrible especially with the kids, I make up the classes on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> so if it's something I've been doing recently myself, then if I think it fits for them, then I'll, I'll carry it over. Um, we do, I do a lot of, ironically, considering that I would not call myself a wrestler in any way, shape or form. Um, I do quite a lot of wrestling with them, um, just because they seem to enjoy it. And I think we have striking, we have a lot of jujitsu in my gym. So I, I think that's the link that, especially in the UK, that, um, that the children really need. So, yeah. um, I try and
0: give them that to the best of my ability. Yeah, I uh, I think it's like it's a, a bit of a poor reflection, really, in that we we've known for a long time how important wrestling now is, and it's a very prominent in MMA gyms. But still, there's very little wrestling focus towards children in the UK. I mean, obviously, when I teach, because I am pretty known for my wrestling, I teach a lot of wrestling to the kids. But outside of that, you'll find so many kids do jiu-jitsu or they do. Boxing or Muay Thai, and rest in sort of an, an unknown quantity still for kids.
1: Yeah, it's. I suppose it's probably started to filter down really slowly just because of the level that you have to achieve for a nowadays. But it's. Like in the South West, we probably. I mean, you've got. What's. Uh, in Bristol.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, what's. I think that's. Once you
0: have come further to South West, I think that's um there are no as well as the sea, there are no dedicated wrestling coaches. Yeah, so we like in in Bristol we had Said and Josh. Josh is my wrestling coach now. I started with Said years ago, but Saeed and Josh competitively wrestled. Their dad Amir was like really famous and uh so they competitively wrestled. So I wrestled with them back when I was only doing judo. And so those two branched off and they started to really just focus on teaching wrestling. So in the Bristol, we've been lucky and we've had it for a long time. But as you go outside of Bristol, over the southwest, there is, I don't I don't really know of anywhere, until you get into Wales, I don't know of anywhere that's focused primarily on wrestling. I mean, we have, uh, my new key
1: gym has a, a good wrestling gym. um But, it's, I think it's the only only guy that I
0: know of that specialises in it. Um, so he's at Bristol, so it it's it's pretty rare. Yeah. It's a, it is a shame. Hopefully, though, it will start picking up. And I mean, I think it's... If we can get anything on the curriculum, that would be the, the one to push for, I think, because you're not teaching people to break people's arms and choke them, and you're not teaching kids to punch each other. So wrestling might be one that we can start to get on the curriculum, hopefully. Yeah.
1: I guess I never, I mean, we haven't really branched out into schools yet, so, and it's probably going to be a while now until we can, but, yeah. yeah, I suppose there are
0: schools that seem to be more willing to take some of the combat sports in day, so, it's probably worth a try at some point. Definitely. So, you started, you were in 2009, you don't have to give your age if you want to, if you don't want to, but, um, <laughs> you started, what was your drive to start, Fighting. Have you always been interested in fighting? Is it always been something? You know, were you interested in watching fights when you were younger and stuff, or was it just something that you found and it just sort of hooked you?
1: Um, I started karate at fifteen, like probably quite a lot of my generation. Um, and it sort of—I knew that it wasn't real. I knew that it wasn't something that you could do for a career. So. I think when I first became aware of MMA, um, that was probably, oh, I don't even know when I first worked out the sport existed, it was 2005 maybe, um, so it was, it, it, I don't even know I was interested in doing it, I just thought that, you know, it was really cool, it was real, um. <laughs> And I think it just sort of snowballed from that. Like I was doing judo as well. Obviously judos are um, a competitive combat sport. um, And that is definitely not fake in any way, shape or (laughs) form. So um, I think it was from that that it sort of maybe led into grappling next. um, And MMA, when I found my first gym in, I think it was 2008.
0: Where uh, where were you training in two thousand
1: eight? concept gym in Newquay.
0: That was the first place, yeah. With Mark, there was it. Mark was Mark there then?
1: Yeah, Mark. Yeah, yeah Mark Rowler. He's yeah. still my coach. Yeah. Um, but obviously my my jiu jitsu team, um, and the gym that I you know, probably spend a bit more time at nowadays is um in Clay Martial Arts in Plymouth, yeah. which is absolutely massive. Um. Which
0: nowadays is massive and empty, but um, yeah, it's, it's an amazing facility. So, um, so when when you were growing up, school and stuff, were you sporting? Were you into sports? Did you play for like I don't know the the girls' football team or netball team or anything? Was it an interest of yours to be sporting and athletic? Uh, no, I didn't. I, didn't. <laughs> I was te-
1: terrible. Is not the right word. I didn't enjoy. I didn't enjoy sport at school. I did gymnastics, I did swimming, but, um, uh, I swam competitively. but I've, none of the, none of the team sports at school really seemed to do it for me. So, um, I'm finding out now that, um, team sports are super important because like training on my own, working out my own really sucks. Like (laughs) I like, I like my gym and I like having my teammates around. So, um, yeah, that, that, I'm very much into team sports now, even if the MMA
0: doesn't look like it's from the outside. <laughs> what? Well, um, so, what about family and stuff? When you told them you wanted to fight, how were they? Like, was it something where people? Because for me, I, like, obviously, I'm a I'm a guy who grew up doing a lot of judo. I played hot football at a high level, and I was always quite sporting. And then I was like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna fight, and they were like, Of course you are. Yep, (laughs) obviously. I was never allowed to box when I was younger, but I was like, there were everyone in the family was like, "Yep, yeah, no, you're definitely going to fight." Yep. So was it sort of the same for you? How did the family? Because I mean, obviously, I've coached girls, um, and to a high level, like taking them from nothing all the way up. So I've coached them, but it's hard to really get an insight as to what goes through the process for when, because when you must have told your family, "Yeah, I'm going to fight," they would have been like, "Well, girls, girls don't fight. Who's fighting? You know."
1: telling them that, um, like my dad always, he drove me to karate, um, and they've always been supportive, but I can't remember, I can't even remember telling them about my first fight. They knew it was happening. I was uh, um, living with an ex at the time, obviously, so they didn't, they didn't really have much to do with it, didn't see any of the run up or the aftermath um so it was literally me telling them i mean they i don't know if they would seen judo competitions they knew i'd done them so um they i, I remember my mom didn't like it <laughs> <laughs> did, did, i wouldn't have understood it either especially back then but um cause i had yeah i think they were just relieved afterwards that i was you know i was okay nothing yeah. bad had happened um it was a short fight um, and I don't, I mean, I barely understood it at the time, so yeah. um, I don't think they did. So the difference in 10 years is absolutely massive. Yeah. Because um, they both came out to Hawaii with me in December, which is possibly our last holiday for um, <laughs> <laughs> quite a while as well. So um, I'm glad that happened.
0: Yeah, it's amazing that now their daughters fighting in Hawaii, they get to go over and see. That's an, an incredible thing. To go back, for anyone, like of any, t- your son or your daughter, if your son or your daughter gets to a level in MMA where you're going to places like Hawaii and stuff to watch them fight, you, uh, to look at them and be anything but proud would be ridiculous anyway. Because it's a massive achievement. The level that you're at now is a massive achievement, irrespective of male female to fight for a world title on a show like Bellator. It's a huge achievement
1: yeah I guess i <laughs> I find that like the build up to it was obviously kind of insane um, and I was pushed and pushed and pushed um to try and explain what it meant to me um but now that it's it's it ha- you know it's been a gone, it's, it's kind of really easy just to downplay it. And <laughs> fade into one of those you
0: know just another part of my career I guess yeah Um, so I don't it, it, it seems something that happened a very long time ago right now yeah and I guess you got like so I'm very much I'm a one fight guy so that's my last fight what's happened happened I'll build on it in the gym and I'll work on stuff but onto the next one, whether that's winning a title or losing a fight that I should have won or whatever it may be, once the fight's done, it's done. I use it to to uh, progress as an athlete. But other than that, it's done, win or lose. I'm ready to think about the next fight then. So I guess you, what you're saying is the same sort of thing. You're just, you know, you fought for something. It was an amazing achievement, but you're ready now. Let's go forward. Yeah. Um, yeah, my focus, I don't know my focus was definitely after that was
1: just, back in the gym and it wasn't even work so much working on a game from the fight itself it was my jiu-jitsu coach you know i'm a brown belt under him and he ha- has areas of my game that he wants me to fix um and therefore that is what needs to happen um it's taken me a very long time to get to the point where i actually listen to him but um, <laughs> You know, if he if he says there are things that he wants fixed then I'm trying bloody hard to fix them <laughs> So um yeah, that's that was um is my current focus
0: anyway. <laughs> it's nice when you've got you've got your jujitsu coach who's like, uh, we need to fix this, we need to work on this and you're a bit like, But I like my top game, do I need to work on that from bottom half? You know? Yeah, very much like that.
1: He's he's obsessed with framing at the yeah. moment and um what else oh building base underneath you and you're resting back up so it's not it's not even anything exciting who's your jiu-jitsu coach (laughs) kenny baker
0: okay Um, yeah
1: so i don't know it's been quite a while since he was um he was very active um progressively uh maybe up until 2013 14 Mm -hmm. um he so probably be horrified, but um, it's been six years or so, I think. It's um, maybe a bit longer than that, but I think that's when he was most active. Um, as a brown belt about ten years
0: ago, um, yeah. <laughs> which which is long time now. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like he's known. He's known from he, he's a uh, like a veteran. He's he's well known. You know, he is. He is anyone who's listening who who is interested in the sport back in? Back from years ago and follow back, they'll know who he is, definitely. Definitely,
1: yeah. He's, he's still, I mean, on a good day, um, when he you know isn't feeling lazy or broken, he's still very, very impressive. So, watching the him. I mean, yeah, not on a good day, no one can touch him,
0: yeah.
1: So, so that's still pretty cool to see. But, um, what percentage, yeah,
0: just, what percentage gee and no gee are you doing? Yeah. Um, oh.
1: I do ghee maybe twice a week. Oh, fair um, play. It's grudging. I hate it. I, <laughs> I, I think I had a brief like six months period where I felt like it was going okay, and then um, that has never come back since. So, <laughs> I do it, and it's uh, horrible most of the time.
0: Yeah, you're more committed than me. I, like, <laughs> I, I think uh, in the last 10 years, I've probably got... 20 Ghee sessions maybe 25 and i would say four of them are at gradings. and i've only been to four gradings in the last 10 years probably which is why i don't get my belts like pedro says to me he's like you don't come like how can i give you a belt you don't come i'm like i can't argue with that i guess like i guess i gotta be here <laughs> so yeah you are doing better than me I, I when i i had the bristol open not long ago and i had the gi on probably twice a week for three weeks um, before and after that, I can't even remember.
1: I watched you out. I was just
0: Yeah, Nogi. Yeah, yeah,
1: obviously. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah that was cool. Um, my teammate was supposed to be, I think, supposed to be in your category, um, and he pulled out because he had really bad flu that week. Um, so um, it was, I think there were quite a few... Quite a few of yeah maybe three or there were more than there was on the registration list. Anyway, which,
0: well, I I turned up on the day and I just uh <laughs> I just said, "What's the highest belt you've got? Grade in here? What's the highest belt level you've got and weight category?" And they said like, "Oh, we've got brown at this." I was like, "Can you put me in?" And Simon was like, "Yeah, if you want." I was like, "Okay." So I stepped in then there and then in the morning. So yeah, I, no, I'm here. See, cause it's, uh, I think in the whole run up to that comp, there were sort
1: of one and two. Um, Brown belts at your weight, so um, it, it was nice to see more of
0: a day. Yeah, I mean, it's just isn't you know people don't. I feel people don't push themselves. They don't want to, you know. And I, I hate doing grappling comps because I think some people it's their whole life. They train just to go to a sports center on the weekend, and so they're going to try and rip your arms and legs off. <laughs> as where I'm going to go and thinking the whole time, oh please don't get injured. I really don't want to get injured in a leisure center doing doing BJJ.
1: No. Yeah, I think Lee said that about jumping in. I think he jumped in on one of the Welch ones because um, some guy's opponent hadn't turned up. And he said he doesn't want to compete in that again. He said they, just, they take it so seriously. Yeah. Um, he's like, yeah, yeah, if you want to have my arm, have my arm. I don't care. Just <laughs> anything rather than getting injured. Yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. Um, so you were at like 2008. You've started fighting. Things are going quite well for you. How long then was your... When were you Ultimate Fighter? Was it 2015?
1: Um, 16. 16. Um, so, I think it was airing four years ago. Um, yeah. And Terry Hughes and I went out to Vegas for it at the end of 2015. Because that's what and I came and met you, there. didn't
0: I? Yeah, I came and met you at the tryouts. <laughs> that's right. So, yeah, 15, yeah. Yeah, you invited
1: us to... Was it Base jump? Yeah. (laughs) I won't say where because I have a feeling that it wasn't
0: somewhere. No. Um. It it wasn't necessarily legal, but I have the video and it went well.
1: (laughs) Oh, I was going to her to be caught you know being on the top of somewhere we maybe shouldn't be yeah Keep watching
0: that happen yeah possibly <laughs> but um the the tryouts were good though for you you're right you went it went well during the tryouts um, uh i think well i think
1: i look vaguely confident at the striking um The grappling, it took me a while to realise, I think it wasn't until I was at Jackson's a couple of years ago that I even realised it was um, one of their fighters, Josie Esquivel, that I had a grappling match with. Um, And Ash Williams posted a clip of one of his really early grappling comps where they started on the knees. And that reminded me that the tough tryouts, they didn't let us start standing. They didn't want people double-legging each other through the um, conference rooms (laughs) or whatever they were, partitions. Um, So I think I had a really crap, like, grappling match on our knees when neither of us could get the other one down. And I tried putting butterfly guard out of desperation. Um, And I'm not sure anything sickly interesting happened, which was really annoying.
0: (laughs) Well, it's good enough for 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 them to notice you, which is the main thing.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Um, I don't think I'm I'm not sure they were blown away by me in the um, interview, um, but. I just about scraped through, um, and they were
0: right. I was absolutely shockingly bad in the house. Um, I hated it. Um, I never properly opened up. They didn't get anything interesting from me. At all, <laughs> so um, <laughs> I, I think they were right to be worried. But I think what people don't realise is just how much of a TV show it is. So when I it may have been the same for you, when I so I I went, uh, I. When I went, nobody had flown out before and done the tryouts before. So I saw Sammy Berwick post that he'd sent a video to the tryouts. So I looked at when they were. I was like, next week, went online, booked a flight to Boston, flew to Boston with my dad and went to the tryouts, walked in and just did them. And Dana White was like, you've come from England. I was like, yeah, I can't, I've come for this. He's like, what the fuck? So I went and I did the bits. And then they said, right, you need to not go back to England. You need to stay. Can we put you in Vegas for a week? We'll give you 50 bucks a day spending. I was like, yes, you can. (laughs) So I went to Vegas and I stayed there. And then from there, you have to do medicals. So I had like a week, 10 days of just medicals, having my eyes done, my brain scans, everything like that. Then from there, they sent me home. I was home for a couple of weeks. They flew me back out and I was back out again for interviews and stuff. Then they flew me home. They flew me back out again. Then I'm out into they put me in Palace Station uh, Casino, and so you're in there. You can't leave your room. You're just locked in. They just you have to do f- like food orders up to your room. They bring you any food that you want. You have to cut weight and stuff. You have to do everything there, like in your room. And uh, I was just waiting just to come, someone to come and collect me. Say, okay, we need to go and do interviews. You go and do an interview. Then you get walk back to your room. You need go and do this. You go and do that. You go back to your room. You're like, you are in a TV show. There's no two ways about it. Then when it goes to the fight. You go to your fight, you're starting to warm up, people are there. Oh, can we have a quick interview before you fight? Can you just talk about this before you fight? You go fight, can we have a quick word about this? And you're like, when you're there, you're like, this is a fucking TV show. This is not, and that's exactly what it is. It is just a pure TV show, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I was lucky, I suppose, in that I was in Vegas with Kerry Hughes. We sorted our own accommodation. Um, So it wasn't in Palace Station. Um, and we didn't move there either. So we, we basically planned on staying in Vegas for a week. week. Yeah. Um, so we didn't have to rebook off like home or anything like, like a lot of them were doing or having. Um, so we, we had all the medicals and stuff done at that point. Um, and then it was going home and it was waiting for a callback that might never come. So you yeah. had to arrange. That was the weirdest thing. You basically had to arrange to potentially being away for six weeks without knowing if it was going to happen. Um, and I think I only got a few days notice um, to pack and then get out there. And then yeah, it was the whole Palace station thing being, um, being locked in your room. They let us keep our phones right up until I think it was, was it? I think they took them away just after the way in mm-hmm. um, I would have been screwed without that because yeah, being locked in a room with no contact um, and the weight cut. The weight cut was the first time I made score weight and it was absolutely horrendous and I, <laughs> in hindsight, should have taken someone out with me um, to help. But um, yeah, that was, I mean that was the point where you basically had to phone to have someone, you had to babysit any time you left the room, so if you wanted to go to a sauna to cut weight, they, you know, you had to be minded the whole time. Um, and it just makes me very, very, very grateful
0: for every single little bit of freedom I have. <laughs> it is. It's uh, yeah. It's really intense because you just just die, and there's so much American TV you can watch when you're cooped up, ready to fight. Like I'm, I was just there. I was just like, let's just fight. Let's just go get the fight started. Let's just do something. But I mean, it was like five days or something, just cooped up in that room, just doing interviews before we even went to the gym. It was uh, yeah, it was intense.
1: Yeah, I think, I think I flew out, um, it was the first time that, um, not that I met Lanchana, but, um, we were probably in contact, lunch and I flew out together, um, I think that's Friday night, and I think we made wait Monday and for Tuesday, um, so it was only two full days, but, um. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't
0: my favourite. And you didn't enjoy the house from there, so you've gone from lock up in the room, which is crap, and now you're locked up in the house as well, where you've got no escape. You're with your team all the time, right? That's Every time you leave the house, it's with them to go to the gym or back to the house just to be stuck in the house with them. Yeah, I mean,
1: even... I think we've had this conversation recently. Um, I think even now, it would be... If it was my actual teammates, that would still be pretty difficult, um, yeah. because of the lack of outside contact, um, I could cope with it, because we're actually, most of us are friends, um, most but... of us,
0: <laughs> most of us, uh, people listening to this are going to kind of be, I wonder if it's me, that's not the, everyone in the gym's wondering who's the one who's not in the group. Yeah, well, even the ones
1: I get on well with, I think <laughs> six weeks in, we'd start, um, winding each other up quite a lot, but, um. Yeah, it, it would be doable. The uh, you know the lack the lack of music, the lack of TV, um, all of that stuff that would still be really hard. But the fact that it was with strangers, um, uh, yeah, I think it was, having lunch there was was amazing. I don't think I could have um, got through that without her. So um, yeah,
0: you are <laughs> was... people want to be a, people want to be a personality as well, which is the thing. That's the the. The hard bit is that people want to be a personality, and I, I'm one of those people. I mean, I'm quite loud and outgoing anyway, but not because I want to be a personality. It's just who I am. But when you've got people who are trying to force a personality out because they know I'm on the, i a fighter, I've got to make a show, I've got it. Just, it just gets tiresome. And to be locked in that house with those guys for those amount of time, yeah, I can imagine. It was an all-female show, though right? Your show? No, they mix
1: um, light, heavyweights. So it was half and half, um, ah. so eight guys, eight girls in the house, um, eight women. and yeah, I mean, I think it could have got quite, I think it, the guys helped, I mean, they're a pain in the ass, but I think they <laughs> helped lighten things a bit. I think it could have, it's a season before us, so I think that was a personality thing as well, but the all-female strawweight season looked, um, pretty unpleasant. Uh, yeah. so I, I think the mixture of men and women, um, I think our season was apparently
0: one of the most laid back. I think we probably really, really bored the producers, um, but that was good from my point of view. <laughs> um. So what uh, so from the ultimate? Fighter, how did it how did it go in the ultimate fighter? Your fights in the ultimate fighter. I mean, obviously, I know the results. People who are listening know the results. But from your point of view, how did it go? What do you think uh, are things that held you back um, from your performance and stuff?
1: I mean it was a, it was a really weird environment um that made the training hard um I, my whole like all the women all four of us on my team won so um knowing that if that happened we all end up fighting each other that was um that was kind of stressful. Yeah. Um, because it was, we would share the room as well. So it was four, you know, four of us in the same room. And as more and more of us kept winning, it was looking more, more likely we'd be fighting each other as well. Um, and I didn't. There was a chance I'd fight lunch, which I really, really didn't want to have to do. Yeah. Um, and um, you know, fighting people you've been living and training with wasn't ideal either. So um, I think leading up to all of that, Uh, and I fought last as well, or joint last, so I fought fought to get in, and then it was five weeks until I fought again, and, um, that, I mean, that fight was fine, it was a two-round fight, I won the decision, um, it was nothing spectacular, but, um, you know, I won both rounds, um, and then it was straight into the announcement of, um, the next set of fights, um, which obviously I don't think many people outside of that situation would have done that. So going straight from one fight into the next one against someone you have been living in the same room as for the past five weeks. Um, and then I had to make weight again, eight days later. Um, and that, that was horrible. Um, eight days was just enough. My, my weight rebounded really quickly. Um, it does normally, so like having to force it back down again um, was not the most
0: pleasant. And this is your first experiences of straw weight as well, right?
1: Yes. <laughs> oh. I, I, was, I mean, I was really lucky that I fought towards the end, um, and I'd asked for it as well um, because I was, I think, I made 116 um, by this naked. It was literally naked um, for my first fight, um, and then. I was £129 pounds my first few days in the house, um, and I did not want to try and get it down <laughs> from 129 It's potentially two days' notice, I think. Yeah. Um, two or three days' notice, depending on when of the week you're fighting. I like, didn't want to try. I mean, I could do it now, but I wouldn't want to. Um, so I, I used that time. Um, but I had to get my weight loss, so I was dieting pretty hard the whole time in the house as well. Um, and it was it was a really easy weight cut. Um, that the middle one, um, I woke up uh, four pounds, exactly four pounds over. Um, so that wasn't too bad. But, um, That's a dream. Getting...
0: Four pounds over is a dream anytime. <laughs>
1: well, I get lower than that now for flyweight, um, <laughs> which oh so grateful for every single time <laughs> but uh but yeah the, waking up 120 pounds um uh, that's the only time I say in my adult life that i've managed that <laughs> what do you walk um, around
0: at weight wise uh, uh
1: normally now about like 62 um yeah. i'm a bit heavy at the moment because i spent the first 12 weeks of the year um lifting heavy like we were trying to um, you
0: we won't say whose (laughs) fault it was
1: i blame lockdown it murders my battery (laughs)
0: um so we were saying about the weight that you walk around at now uh you're like 62 (laughs) did you say yeah um
1: yeah a bit over 63 at the moment um so i I started dieting the week before the lockdown happened um and the lockdown happened and i gave
0: up you started bacon i know (laughs) it got me
1: um, I don't know, 60 so, 63 maybe, which is heavier than I normally am. But hopefully um, I'll hold on to a little bit of the muscle that I fingers crossed put on at the start of the year rather than um, lose everything.
0: Well, I mean, so you've got no, there's been no indication or anything yet of when the next fight's going to be anyway, right? You don't have anything?
1: Uh, Bellator, um, I think, did the right thing and um, shut down shut down everything but they tried for one last show and cancelled it on the day I can't quite remember why that happened yeah. but um, I know they paid everyone so uh, that was yeah at least they did that um, and I think I think it's acceptable thing to do to wait it out because um, I mean the travel alone is the risky let alone the, the training Yeah, you know, driving your coaches and stuff along with you as well
0: yeah, that's it. I mean the the, the current situation how it is now. I, uh, I I don't. I wouldn't want to be rolling around with guys in a gym to get ready for a fight, and I certainly won't want to be preparing for a fight without having guys to roll around with in a gym. So the the natural thing would be to not have a show, you know. Yeah, no, I think.
1: I mean, I'm really looking forward to Tipperary's call me because I'm really looking forward to this weekend's fight. Yeah, um, but I also think that it's unnecessarily risky um, and I mean I think especially at the top end of the sport where there's more money I think if you can afford to have your coaches and your uh, training partners living with you then that's that's a, you a know, really small risk uh, if you're yeah. living together as a household and training together then that's not a big deal but um, I think I think if everyone's going back home to their families, then you're putting your you know, your coaches and your teammates' families at risk, which I wouldn't be particularly keen on myself.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm I agree with you. I've done no personal training. I've done no like people have been messaging. Me, oh, where's you got keys to the gym? Can we just get in? I'm like <laughs> nope. because I'm just I'm like if, if anybody infects a member of their family and then at they get it and it's bad, it's too late to then say, oh, shit, we shouldn't have done it. No, I just... Also, I have been doing this shit for 18 years. It's nice to not... It's <laughs> nice to have a little bit of a rest. I've never had so long doing nothing. Even when I had my knee surgery, I still, like, did some stuff. So it's been a bit nice, really. Yeah, I really miss it. Um, I
1: know that I've been doing it long enough that the movement's still there i might lose a tiny bit of the conditioning um i actually realized um halfway through sort of inverting recently that um (laughs) that it's probably going to be my abs and the guard retention that's going to be my biggest issue (laughs) when i come back i think i think that would probably hurt like hell yeah but outside of that i don't think i don't think i'd want to go straight back into really hard rolling but um I think in the next few weeks I'll be able to go with a couple of teammates eagerly and just go from there I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've been doing a little bit of stuff with my dad, some drills with my dad, getting him to try and do some jujitsu. He's not as enthusiastic about it as I would have liked, but he wants to learn some stuff. He just do not want to roll. and then, uh, But that's like, for me, I'm like, this is amazing. If I could just do this for a few more months, just drill, just take it easy. But, of course, you get back in the gym and you start, like, oh, we'll just flow roll. Then someone goes for something and then... You know, I'm as bad as everyone else. Like, at the beginning, I'm the coach and I can tell everyone how to do things. But when someone starts trying to take my back, you're just like, okay, we're, now we're rolling then, are we? So you get carried yeah, away. Yeah, I've
1: definitely got a few teammates that will, that they'll roll sensibly at the start and there are a lot full that wouldn't. Um, so yeah. I will definitely pick my partners carefully. Um, I if I really, really enjoy training with, a large team, I like the sort of isolation work you do with, you know, one person after another rotating mm-hmm. um off the wall or uh, king of the mat or whatever people call yeah. it. Um uh I think that's gonna be quite a way of happening. But um what I'll do in the meantime.
0: <laughs> You'll find something. I I mean I think I read today, like with this rolling out of the phases things, they said it could be like October before gyms are fully open so if they're saying October that's going to involve any like jiu-jitsu and stuff's going to be right at the back end of that because obviously it's so close contact so I mean it that's obviously nobody knows yet we've got to wait and see what happens Sunday but the proposal for October that that shakes up uk mma dramatically i mean i don't know what the rest america seem to be on their own path and doing whatever they want <laughs> but i'm not sure that the rest of the world and especially the uk are going to necessarily follow suit with them so
1: yeah i was thinking with the big comps like um uh, there's probably a chance that new york would do the um the, uh nogi panams in september still um yeah. not surprise me if they open back up for stuff like that but um but I want to go to New York in September that's um that that's the real
0: question. Yeah and then we don't know what air travel is going to be like yet either so I mean going to New York's one thing but if you're going to New York and paying 1500 quid a ticket you're like no I don't maybe I'm not going to go it's double the price so yeah we're we're trapped in this situation which I feel Fingers crossed, everything's going to be okay and it's not being rushed and we don't come out and then boom, six weeks later we're all locked back down again because everyone's got it completely wrong. It's just, it's such an up up in the air, isn't it? We just don't know where we're going to go from this. Yeah, yeah. I don't
1: know where Bristol is. I mean, Devon and Cornwall have got, um, you can't really tell the cases, can you? But Devon
0: and Cornwall have got um, a really
1: low level of depth, So Yeah. <laughs> It's not something I'm so concerned by down here. Um, southwest still pretty low um, as a whole, I think. But, um, yeah, by, uh, I mean, the difference between, say, Cornwall and London is um, absolutely massive. Yeah. So. It's I mean, tricky. I, I'd like for them to do things regionally, but um, we'll have to wait
0: and see. Yeah, for and for me, I I'm not worried about me in the slightest. I'm happy. I'm I'm a healthy guy. I train often. I'm not really that susceptible to anything happening. Um, I'm the right side of forty still, so <laughs> I'm I'm sort of happy. To do all the things. But then you have to be an adult. And you have to say. Well okay. But then am I happy to live my whole life in isolation. Because I don't know who I'm going to come in contact with. And that's where people are, are forgetting you know. So I think it's going to be up in the air for a little while yet. But so you um. The the rate that you're fighting with Bellator. This because this is one of my big criticisms about Bellator. I like Bellator. And I did get approached about a fight on Bellator a few years ago. And I didn't take it. And now, I would probably fight on Bellator now because it's a good, like, it's a very good organisation. But also, what they were doing before, I don't think they were keeping UK fighters active enough. But now, because of the whole Bama Bellator merged thing, I think Bellator seems to be churning out some fights. Are you happy with how often you're fighting? Would you like to be fighting more? Or? Um, there was a really
1: annoying gap between. Oh god! What well, year? May twenty eighteen, and fighting uh, June last year. Um, so that wasn't great, but that was the period that they were opening up all the UK shows. So mm-hmm. I think, I think a lot of that was logistical. Um, and I don't know. Like, they didn't. Uh, didn't want me on this London card. The London card in May. They wanted me in the States. Uh, so I don't know whether I'm on the European Moscow or not. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really care as, as long as I get something, um, except London is way, I mean, Hawaii was amazing, but um, I can't remember. It, it was, 20, say, like 26 hour journey, uh, longer than that. Um, it was a you know, very very long journey home the day after the fight um and london is uh <laughs> compared to that london is incredibly appealing yeah uh, but I, i've no idea what's gonna even under normal circumstances i don't really know what they would be wanting so um there was a bit of talk of um uh, america uh i think this month maybe but um yeah, COVID nineteen killed all that anyway.
0: Yeah. So how how often would you like to fight?
1: I, I am mean, okay with a couple of times a year because it gives me time to well to actually work on improving in between um, as opposed to um, I mean, a bit three times only I mean, three times a year. Not you know, is, is fine, but it's it's almost back to back fight counts.
0: Yeah.
1: I. I like the progression as well. I like the training. I like the progression. I don't necessarily need that sort of you know go 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 of fight camp um, all the time. Um, I, I think it it sharpens you, but there's not necessarily space for working on the smaller the smaller holes in your game really.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I the most I fought I think is five times in a year. And I think that when you're fighting that active unless they're quick turnover fights, you're in and out, and then the next one's maybe a catch weight or something, when you get to the level that you're at where, you know, you're expected to make a designated weight all the time because, you know, you're you're a title contender, it's hard, you know, it's hard to to keep putting your body through that without any break in three fights a year is, as you say, like considering, let's say, 10-week fight camps even. 10-week fight camps, you're like 30 weeks of the year immediately spent in fight camps. The rest of the time, you've got to think about planning weight cuts, doing this. So it is a lot to, to ask for three fights a year at that level, I believe.
1: But. Yeah, I think... Been- I mean, there are definitely fighters that like doing it. There are fighters that like doing it more often. Um, I don't think any of them do big weight cuts. I don't do big weight cuts either. So it's not—it's not that that's a huge issue. It's just that it it, it changes the focus of my training, which is good. Um, it's, well, it, it's both. It goes both ways. Um, some people really, really just keep fighting that matter. I just want to get better. I know those two can come together, but um, I, I just like the outcomes. Actually, so, it was my jiu-jitsu game, um, and striking in particular, really. Um, that was a big focus on this happening as well. Working with my striking touch So, starting to to flashes of the work that I do with him in fights, but I want to be able to do I do with him in the gym. I want that to be able to come out on the capture a lot more than it currently is at the moment. Yeah,
0: yeah, I understand. Two seconds, we've got some horrible feedback coming from here now.
1: What's going on now?
0: Stop. i don't know if that's your end or my end now uh, can you hear that yeah i
1: can you
0: hear you right we're good now i don't know what the hell that was i had like this weird space invaders noise that was really weird i thought it was going to crash again there's only so much video editing i can do <laughs> <laughs> um yeah that's that i understand exactly exactly what you're saying so um, let's go back and have a look at the, your your last fight. Let's have a talk about that. How you think you performed? How you, do you think it was a good representation of who you are? Um, yeah, do, how did you feel about the, the title fight?
1: Um, I'm really impressed with how I handled the run-up. Um, I, I struggle with that much publicity. Um, and I got to all that fine. Um i was really relaxed during flight week um you know the workout went okay and i was really really nervous about that <laughs> um uh, all the the weigh-in all the interview stuff making weight that was all i mean the weight making weight was brilliant um that was more i think uh, i got I spent, how did I, spend, I spent eight days in L.A. and I got used to that time difference, but that last jump from L.A. to Hawaii was, um, was something I should have in hindsight done earlier on. Um, I went out on the Tuesday and fought on the Saturday, and I yeah. think because I was cutting weight or card defeating at that point, um, I just didn't, I was sleeping really badly. I didn't really adjust to the time zone difference, so says that's a lesson learned for next time. Um, the wake cut was um it was a struggle. I think I didn't I, I cut almost nothing like actually sweating. Um it was like half I can't remember a pound at the most, um, wow. only at the other fight in water. Um, but the, I think it's working out for next time. I think I'd probably be better off eating more calories, more carbs and cutting a bit more water yeah. weight um, or getting my weight a bit lower earlier on um, because the carb depletion is, is just something that I think cramming in that many carbs, like, you know, whatever I'm doing, 4,000 calories after having been eating, you know, like 1,200 a week, yeah. um, I think, yeah, suddenly quadrupling what I'm eating is um, is just a bit
0: more. yeah so, also it's um, the mental torture of depleting the carbs that that for me like i get nervous about the weight cut i hate the weight cut i do a big weight cut which is which is a shame but to make 70 for me is a massive weight cut it's a shame but i put myself there so you've got to do it but the mental torture of living on like 800 calories for the last four days and you know really being strict for the last three weeks and not no chocolate just it makes me it i start to detest the whole lead up to a fight then so once i've made weight i'm fine i'm happy i'm good i'll fight anyone in the world we're good to go but that little lead up to that fight that making weight which is when you have to do all your press and stuff that is the the terrible bit for me that's the mental torture the mental side of it
1: yeah i think I mean, it, it was fine. Uh, I cope with it all. I think just looking back, it, it made it made that week um, harder than it, it would otherwise be. So um, it, it's probably something. Mind you, next time I probably won't have such that, I won't have a huge mental difference. You know, and so it won't not be so much of an issue. It, it was just it it was all a lot. But once I made weight, that it wasn't an issue yeah um, anyway uh the, like, i was really relaxing the run, run up to, to the fight um i remember the commentator was having conversation with um here's john mccarthy and josh thompson mm. um a couple of days after the fight and they were telling me that the uh, the previous title contender Vita ortega was out there fighting as well um and she was saying that um she thinks that like uh, you know, when she started walking out, the, the pressure got to her, she suddenly realised the magnitude of what she was doing. Um, and I remember thinking, shit, well, once so that happens to me. Um, <laughs> and it didn't. Um, like, so, the fact that I I walked out there, I was being booed by the Hawaiian crowd, which I got so many people message, so many Hawaiians messaged me on Instagram afterwards apologising, um, saying it was against the Aloha spirit. Um, but, I wish that hadn't happened and stuff, but um, yeah, none of that pays me, so I'm I'm glad I got got to the point where I could cope with all of that. Um, and I was really worried in the fight that one, I'd gas, and two, I'd quit because of it, yeah. Um, those because I've never fought five fight before, yeah. Um, um, maybe I set my bar too low, maybe I could have expended more energy. Um, and maybe I should have trusted myself more to be able to push through that. Um because I don't once I've you know, in hindsight, once I've done it, I was like, oh, I wasn't anywhere near as like <laughs> nowhere near as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, and I was like, so maybe I could have, you know, pushed myself harder. Um but at the time that's a, that's a very hard decision to make, I think.
0: Yeah, when you're when you're fighting probably the best opponent you've ever fought on the biggest show you've ever fought on over the longest distance you're ever going to fight, it's so much to know when you can put your foot on the gas and then even like say you're coming out of you've ended round three you're coming out for round four and you think actually I didn't feel too bad you're still in your head thinking yeah but got round five yet so now, maybe I won't go just yet so like yeah it's, I can imagine it's quite a, a a hard thing to know this is when I go because. So for me the way I consider you to be a grinder that's the way that I think of your fighting style you're you are I mean you're very technical that's not to take away from your technical abilities but you are going to be in someone's face from first bell to second bell if they let off a little bit you'll be right there with them let's go let's go let's go and you have that style where you know like if you if someone's not going to push you work rate wise you're going to be in their face. Make no ways about. It. I'm coming for you. Let's fight. And that's the way that I've always thought about how you fight. And uh, in that fight as well, I didn't see that you weren't weren't necessarily doing that. It was just she maybe had yeah she maybe had the upper hand and knew how to fight the five round fight maybe better than you. As opposed to knowing how to fight better than you, she knew how to fight the five round fight better than you. And she started to grind on you and took the position that you would usually hold.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the way... I never really felt in huge amount of danger, but, yeah. but um, the fact that she was... I think a lot of this sport, especially when the skill levels are semi-equal on the ground, I think it's the person that is on top that obviously has the advantage. Yeah. And her wrestling was better than mine. So, yeah. Um, you know her being in the top position um, meant that I, I suppose I didn't really. I'd spent I think maybe too long watching previous opponents uh, against her and what they were doing, um, and not considering that my own grappling style was was different. So um, I think I could have maybe. I think it would have been very difficult that was my biggest fear that if I started trying to take her down like if I started trying to wrestle a wrestler um that I would burn through all the energy I had yeah. and be absolutely screwed and she was a dangerous enough grappler um that that would put me in quite a lot of trouble if I started fighting completely on autopilot um without the ability to think through uh, what was coming next um so it's, i still watch that fight back <laughs> um it's, it's driving one of my coaches absolutely crazy he desperately wants me to watch it um and i it, it it takes me quite a long time to get around to watching um the fights that i lose um and i probably will eventually by which point <laughs> Um, it will probably be much less relevant. Um, <laughs> but yeah, from, from what I remember, um, you know, she she beat me to the positions. Um, you know, was slightly ahead, slightly better. And that's all it
0: takes. Really. So, and would you think that's because you were a bit overly cautious in how you approached it? Um, because I mean, you don't. It's one of those things, like. Don't wrestle a wrestler if the wrestler is a better wrestler than you, of course. Don't don't do that. Um, And then if you're not worried about your jujitsu game against this person, the thing is, don't be on your back. That's that's the logic behind it, right? Don't wrestle a wrestler if they're better and try not to be on your back. We're good. Um, So that's like going into the fight taking those those thoughts into the fight with you and thinking, oh, I shouldn't I shouldn't do that. Do you think that now, in actuality, you probably could have pushed a little bit harder in the in the areas where you gave her a bit too much respect? Yeah. Um, it's, not always, I mean, it's
1: always easy in the benefit of hindsight to um, look back and, you know what could I have done differently because I'm sure she'd be like well you know I would have done so and so so it's not relevant yeah um but yeah there are there are I mean I work the distance that hasn't happened before yep. um maybe that just means that I was um stupid enough to get myself beat up for five rounds I don't <laughs> know but um yeah uh, the very fact that I mean, I didn't quit at any point. I could have easily have let her arm bar me. With, um, yeah. I think at point. Um and I didn't, which isn't obviously. It's um, not quitting is not a really big deal or
0: anything. Oh um, no, it's like, a massive deal. I think people <laughs> people will underestimate that even at this level. It still comes into your head, like they, people don't realize that there's points in the fight where you think I could just give up now, and people are just think, "Well, fair play, you had a good, you did really well there." Like I can actually just, and people assume that that doesn't happen. And what's really strong is when it does happen, and you're like, "Fuck that!" Like I'm not, well letting you beat me there. So I think that is a massive deal that you don't quit in situations where you could, and people would like quite willingly be like, "That was amazing," you know. So that is a big deal.
1: I felt that I pushed it to the end there you know there are things that I maybe didn't make sensible choices that I could have done differently but um I you know I didn't give up I kept trying to sweep I kept you know I kept trying to change the situation um and maybe my own game played against me um like uh her previous opponent had a lot of success like um she worked her way back to guard um, and she was she was landing quite a lot of strikes off from the bottom in that position, um, and I'm probably a bit guilty of um, using half guard and dead guard a bit too much, <laughs> which meant that she couldn't really get at me, but I couldn't really get at her yeah. in that position either. So, um, but then I'm not a guard player, so <laughs> um, maybe I should have um, should have realised that previous opponents were achieving guard because that's part of their game as opposed to all that was there. Um, it's, one of the, it's one of the difficult
0: things about analysing fights, really. But it's nice to not get hit as well. If you're in a position where <laughs> if you're in a position and you're like, oh, she's not hitting me and she's not passing, so this isn't too bad. Just, I'll hang on here for five, five minutes. <laughs> yeah.
1: I... It was fine. There, You know, I just... <laughs> I need a better game, um, which is frustrating at the moment because um, there's only so much I can
0: do to to develop. That yeah, not being in the gym. Yeah, but that that'll come. And the fact that you you've seen and the thing is, you need a better game to fight her. Like your next opponent, the game that you have m- may be exactly how it's been for the previous opponents. Like, uh, was it Le- uh, Lena? Isn't it? You thought Len Len? Uh. What's her or name? cobra. Yeah. So I've had a couple of I've crossed her a few times. um We I was there when she fought in Super Fight League in India. um I think yeah. she fought Joanne, didn't she? um Yeah, yeah, that was not really.
1: I I watched that quite a lot. That was a really cool
0: fight. Yeah, she bit Joanne.
1: Yeah, yeah, I saw. You can see it in the footage. Yeah. So.
0: I've seen her there, and then I saw her, I don't know if it's KSW or somewhere, where I've seen her, so I know her. I know her quite well, and, you know, she's uh, she's tough in, like, a stand-up fight, but she's not, like, there. Were, I just knew the moment you accepted that fight, I knew you were, I, I thought, even if it went the distance, you were going to out-grind her, you will make her quit, 100%. And as soon as you got the top position on her, and I just stood, because there was a little moment where you had top position, you weren't doing anything, you just had top position, I was like, Oh, she starts, she starts throwing now. She's done for. And you started to unleash elbows. Uh, I think it's elbows you stopped her with, didn't you? Yeah, I
1: yeah. got mounted on her twice. And the first time, she kind of sat up into me. And I was like, oh, there's a guillotine there. So I went for that, And she just kind of stood up. And I was like,
0: what is it with these people? Like, <laughs> like
1: this isn't part Like, why are you doing this? Don't they know like, the routine? <laughs> I was like, this technically good mma or jiu-jitsu <laughs> um, so i you know <laughs> in fact, i think i might have pulled half guard on her at one point um i think i shot on her and she scored and I pulled half guard and I swept her um, yeah. i did it on purpose as well it was a bet with a teammate <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah got them out again and then i was like okay well i'm not gonna go for any subs this time i'm just gonna finish it right here <laughs> right now yeah um, about
0: this. And I knew you would. I like I knew 100%. Once you're in that position, I was watching. I was like, if she if she lets go now, this is over. This is definitely over. And then when you started to let go, you could tell she just had no. There's not even an attempt to man escape. It's just damage control from her, and you were just gonna unleash. So it's one of those. Okay, you came up short against the champion, but you didn't look like getting finished at any point, um, and. So you might have to change a game to fight her again for a rematch. But in your next fight, depending on who the next opponent is, you might have all the attributes that they need to work on changing their game so you can just stick with. Of course, you want to keep evolving because you're an MMA fighter. But yeah, I think uh, you're very well-rounded and well-rounded enough to fight anyone in the division and then just make little adjustments here and there. But comparing your performance to your last performance against the champion is probably not a good assessment for how you're going to fight everybody else, you know?
1: No, no, I mean, I'd really, i really want um, uh, Alejandra Lara. Um, don't know if you know her. Yeah. She's, um, she's I mean, you know, I've, I've, I quite like her, actually. She's, um, she's got a good Instagram following. Um, she's the one that wrote uh, the SOS for the Amazon when it was on fire. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: Across, across her body. Um. So I quite admire that. Um, she had a really cool fight against uh, Peter Otega the night before, um, the Friday night, the night before the show I was on. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's, she's fought Lena as well. Um, she, it took her three rounds to uh, choke her out. Um, uh, I, I think that would be a really cool fight, um, but it depends what Bella's all on, so yeah. I guess, and what happens with all of this as well. So, wait and see.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's a cool fight. That'd be a really good fight for you, I think. Um what are you thinking about this weekend? The fights this weekend. How are they uh how do you think they stack up? What do you think of Tony Ferguson and Um, I love both of them. Uh has got I mean, they've both
1: got really cool styles. Um Oh, I don't know, Tony's I mean Tony's in such a long winning streak and he's taken out so many good guys. And he's
0: wild. Like he's just <laughs> wild. So you can
1: yeah, he's he's crazy. Um so I suspect he might finish gate two. Yeah. But, um or I suppose he could go with distance with my decision, but um yeah, I'm I'm really in the
0: moment it probably should be happening yeah, I mean i ca- i I'm not saying I necessarily condone it happening, but I'm fucking glad it <laughs> is <laughs> i uh, but for me, I think um I think you you bet you back Tony there all the way, except Pettis was doing really well against Tony until he hurt his hand, so yeah, yes. I think um, then like okay, okay Gaethje isn't Pettis. does he present as much trouble? Probably not. Gates just gonna come forward, and is you're playing into Tony's game a bit, then aren't you? So, yeah, it's a, an interesting fight, definitely. Um, oh,
1: and
0: the main is um, uh, oh, how do you pronounce his name? the uh, um, really annoying little wrestler. Yeah. Um, oh. versus Dominic Cruz. Yeah. What? Oh. Now this is that's a fight. <laughs> Who have you got? Dominic, who's at fault since 1983, or um, Uh I'd give it to vintage Dom if
1: he was. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. I suppose he, the wrestling's never quite uh, on the same level as an uh,
0: Olympic wrestler. Uh, but, no, um, especially not that Olympic wrestler. But at the same time, I don't, I'm not a massive fan of Sahudo's top game either. So I think. Even if he does take Dom, Dom got bad knees. That's the only thing. Even if he does take Dom (laughs) Dang, I think Dom's going to be really dangerous to him on the floor. Um, But I'm I'm not a fan of Sahudo. Really, I don't. I don't like how he conducts himself.
1: Well, I think he goes out of his way to be a twat. So there is that as well. But yeah, it's
0: good. That's a good. It's a good card. It's, this is the thing. In the, in the light of the situation, they've given us an amazing card. So a part of me still thinks it's going to get pulled. Part of me still thinks I'm not. Until they make the ring walk, I'm not convinced.
1: It's uh,
0: Florida, isn't it? Florida yeah. doesn't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, if there's a state in the US where you've got to worry about people being old and dying, Florida's the state. That's where everyone's old and dying.
1: Not
0: democratic. <laughs> 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 yeah, <laughs> it's uh, I do not I don't. I'm glad to have some MMA back. Um, but it really doesn't seem that long. that There was a UFC now. Now that we're looking like a couple of days before an event, it doesn't seem that long ago that there was one. So, you know, we. Well,
1: it, the last one was a week before the London
0: card, wasn't
1: it? Yeah, um, it was. Was that mid March? So
0: it's only been two months. Yeah, it don't. You know, there was a time when they were like once a month, anyway, at the most. So it's not like it's not a huge deal that we've been hanging on, but um. No, yeah. it'd
1: be interesting to see what because I know there are some UK fighters though willing to fight. Um mm. it'd Be interesting to see if they can find a way to get them to wherever. That's the thing.
0: It's the restrictions because they couldn't. You know, Khabib was having none of it, was he? Khabib was like, "I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not coming." So. But that's typical Khabib. I think Khabib just wants them to, to walk around Khabib. Like, you'll do what Khabib says. Like, yeah, you're right, we will. So. Why didn't blame him, was it? He, he was in the States and
1: he was told that this fight was probably going to happen in, somewhere in UAE. Yeah. Um, So he went over there and then they started closing borders. So he went home and they closed the border. You can't really blame him for that. I don't
0: blame him at all. No, definitely. And uh, I think as well, he hasn't had enough respect as a champion. For the most dominant champion, you know, he's 26 or 27 in 0 in the UFC. Like, Like, come on. Like, you give the man what he wants. Every time, stop worrying about people who you who sell more on a pay per view, and say you're you're the best in the sport. We'll give you what you want. In my opinion,
1: yeah. I mean, he's. I mean, he is really, really impressive to watch. Like, I love grappling, um, but then you get someone like, well, twin clubs and the gate. You, the fight that's coming up. Yeah. And, um, that's that's terrible for both of them. That's doing a lot of a lot of damage um to you know, both of them But
0: would um, you have rather seed Ferguson and Habib? I don't I don't
1: know, obviously everyone wants to see that fight happen eventually. Um, yeah. does it take try six or something next time. Yeah. Six to ten. Um but the question there is not can Khabib get him down, it's what could Tony Ferguson do
0: to him on the floor, of is there. On the floor, yeah. I mean, I like. I mean, he's he's dismantled black belts before, so I don't think he's worried about his grappling. He dismantles black belts every day, AKA. But Tony's got a way of damaging people from the bottom with elbows and stuff, and he's just he's different, isn't he? like you're not you're not finding a training partner like Tony Ferguson, so yeah, it's a yeah. it's a tough one to call. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well
1: the guillotine, I can't remember which round it was. Um second, Third, I think. I is, think. Uh, there was, yeah, there's a solid guilty attempt, um, that yep. was quite close apparently, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see if Toky Feld is in
0: you know something. Yeah, it's interesting it is interesting right now. And also that Bellator's super interesting now as well with the the fighters who they're attracting, it's just MMA is like right is right there now, you know. It's really really exciting times. Um this is just emphasized by the fact that A this is happening, B it's an absolute humdinger of a card. Any time where you've got Pettis and Cowboy on an und- on the uh, prelims. Oh uh,
1: yeah, I
0: saw that. Come on, like what sort of card have you put together where that fight is on the prelims? Hell of a show.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna have to. It starts at 11 o'clock at night, so I'll probably still be watching
0: it the next morning. I was, uh, I was thinking of doing like an alternate commentary to it or something, just to keep me enthusiastic about staying up. Just getting someone else to join me do like an alternate commentary, otherwise, to sit up for it. You're like, but if you get someone else there, yeah. So I might do do that. Might keep people interested. what, so anyway, what do you? What else are you doing away from MMA? Do you have any hobbies? Are you doing anything else? Anything else that you can think after this is over, I can turn my hand to this. Uh,
1: that's a bit worrying, really. I could go back to. Um, I do. Same Um I can, you know, I can do accounts and payroll. I've got a bit of training in that. Please
0: never like... say that again. Please, you just <laughs> killed every bit of enthusiasm of the podcast. You can I do.
1: aspirations <laughs> going back to that. Um, so anyway, um, I'm in the middle of doing a sports nutrition course. Um, so you know, maybe something along those lines. Um, coaching as much as I can. Uh, so I'm not sure really. Um, hobby-wise, I'm terrible. I get <laughs> I get asked this question over and over again. Like, what do you do? I'm like, well, I'm not the dog. I I watched Netflix. Right? <laughs> I read. I don't
0: have any exciting hobby. That's the hobby that's kind of all-consuming. That, that is so. That is um the the answer of the people who achieve stuff. So like sure. Nad Nad does nothing but train all the time. See his family. Read a bit. I had Mason Jones on here the other day. Mason Jones does nothing but read and <laughs> and do like and train constantly. Most of the top guys who I've trained with all over the world do nothing but that, as where someone like myself was off jumping out of planes, jumping off buildings, flying birds of prey, doing this. There's a reason people like me don't get anywhere, and then there's a reason that people like yourself, you stay focused on something, and I always feel like when I'm training, I'm missing out on the other things I could be doing. You don't, I mean, I guess you're not training, thinking, oh, I'm really missing out on a really intense dog walk.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, (laughs) I think... It's hard because it's suddenly it's, at some point it will suddenly come to an end. Uh, yeah. and I suppose unless you go into coaching, but even then, it's the focus is different. Um, whereas if you have other interests, then it's it's not like stuff still continues. Um, it's it's not like the one thing you do doesn't suddenly vanish um, because there's more. So I, I think there's a lot to be said about <laughs> having more in your life, um, but.
0: I mean, yeah, I don't. I, I, I can guess. see you on a. I can see you on the Great British Bake Off. Definitely. Oh, no,
1: no. <laughs> no, it's like my sister and my mum are obsessed with watching Master Chef, the Great British Bake Off. Yeah. I don't even know Great British Menu. I don't even know what they are. All these yeah. cooking programs and the voiceover makes me want to murder people. Like, uh, <laughs> I find them so tedious. Um, I, I, I like baking but um yeah those programs really really sick.
0: tv's so, not for you is it tv is not for you <laughs> You're like, i'll bake and i'll send you pictures that's it yeah no, i mean netflix
1: is okay but like can you watch, you my friend, watches university challenge like all the cooking programs all these yeah. random like murder mystery detective programs <laughs> um,
0: what are you <laughs> watching on netflix right now Did you do Tiger King? Oh,
1: no, I couldn't bring myself. I just couldn't bring myself to watch it.
0: It was so it good. It
1: so terrible.
0: It was so good. <laughs> it was luckily I watched it like the day that it came out, so there wasn't much hype. So I managed to watch it without all the hype of everyone building it up cuz since people do, I don't I've never watched Game of Thrones or anything cuz people hype it up and since they do, I'm like, "Oh fuck, I'm not watching that now." And then but Tiger King I managed to catch it before all the hype and I was like, "This is insane." It was brilliant. Oh, the American, the
1: American cult and I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: anyway, I think that would drive me crazy. Yeah. I, well, things I can recommend. I fell in love with Fleabag. I caught up on that recently because I've been in like isolation. Fleabag. I loved. I love Killing Eve. Killing Eve is wicked. Oh yeah,
1: that, that's something to-watch with.
0: Oh it's good. Like the first series is a bit like low budgety, but the assassin, Jodie Comer, is amazing. You just fall in love with the assassin, so it's that's really like really good show. And I'm into, in at the moment I'm watching that. The last dance on Netflix about Michael Jordan and stuff? Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I think
1: is that, is that, is that Netflix or Amazon Prime? Netflix. Oh, yeah, it Netflix. Is, it is Netflix.
0: Oh. Yeah. But I love yeah. it because I love Jordan because of, uh, like, all through my career, I used to follow, like, I'd read books from his sport, from his um, strength and conditioning coach and his mind as an athlete in the way he, like, he used to just walk in and he'd pick team members. He'd be like, I'll tell you what you need to work on. You need to work on this. And he'd just take a team member and stay behind it, practice, and just help them get better. So, like, for me, he's the greatest athlete ever. So when I'm watching this and that's really a really cool look at the team that he was involved with and how he out make it. It is really cool. Yeah, I think, uh, what's
1: next? I think that's probably something that, um, might not up watching that with my family because, um, sports at least something that, um, <laughs> that, that we can agree on. Well, I say that I don't like most sport actually. Uh, <laughs> football, I'm so bad. There's you no know, football at the moment. Uh, <laughs> that makes me happy. Um, I don't mind athletics, but like a constant, like constant sport on TV and very little of
0: it is um, anything that I do. So Yeah, I I watch very little sport. I'm, like I'll watch, I'll watch documentaries about Formula One, but won't watch the Formula One. I'll watch documentaries about other sports and won't watch the actual sport, you know, because I'm like, no one's punching someone. Like, What, what sort of sport is this? And then like rugby, I played rugby for a bit, but it was too violent without being violent enough. So like people stood on me and and I was like, if you stand on me, I should be allowed to punch on you. You've got like, you shouldn't be allowed to stand on me if I can't hit you. So it was like violent without being violent enough, you know? So I'd lost interest. Yeah,
1: I mean, rugby is one of my favourite ones for like the kids that I coach. They've got a rugby background on their mouth. That's good. And it makes explaining double legs more easier as well.
0: Well, listen, Kate, you have been absolutely brilliant. Um, I don't know why you worry about doing interviews. You're a pleasure to talk to. Uh, thank you very much for joining me. I'm going to get you on again at some point, um, but I generally keep it about an hour and 20 hour and 30 minutes because people just turn off. Um, yeah, you've been absolutely brilliant. How can people follow what you're doing? Should they follow you on Instagram or just want people to leave you alone? <laughs>
1: vaguely posting on Instagram at the moment um it is Instagram and Twitter are both KPA Jackson um Catherine Patricia Anne.
0: so oh, oh, there we go
1: I'm particularly fond of <laughs> um but that's my yeah handle for both of them Twitter's mostly me liking um a, a left-wing um political posts. so um if you're not a fan of that, I suggest you go not follow me on Twitter, but um, Instagram. Um, you know, normal training and not so much training stuff at the moment.
0: Bacon. I can add her for her misshapen bread. Definitely <laughs> worth adding her for her bacon. Um, yeah. Well, most of
1: my bread's really good. I've got a sourdough on the go at the moment, but it's um, as long as I don't accidentally collapse it, getting it um, onto the baking stone. It's so good.
0: <laughs> Well, it looked the bread looked delicious. To be fair, it did look delicious. <laughs> so, um, no, honestly, it's been an absolute pleasure. I've had loads of fun talking to you. Um, we will get one of these done. Let's try and get some semblance of when they got a fight coming up or get back to normality of some kind, and then we'll get you back on because I I know we can carry on. Like we can talk for ages. Thank you very much. Um, stay there. I'll cut this off and then I'll go and say goodbye to you personally on the other one. But thank you very much. No worries.